Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and well, we're down here at the beach. I hope you can hear a little bit in the background. Maybe with my new sexy Meta Recorder microphone, you can't hear so much background noise, which would be disappointing because uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful echo to have in the back drop of a podcast is this the ocean waves and today it's dead still no wind you can hear the birds maybe and there's a little wave breaking against the shore and it's uh, it's just such a beautiful i don't know harmony or rhythm just reminds you just how magnificent this planet is and i know it's easy to forget that uh, it's easy to forget it because uh, afghanistan is uh, in a lot of pain uh, COVID brings people a lot of pain and people love to talk about their pain they don't talk about uh, the fact that they played a game of volleyball yesterday or that the whales just birthed another million babes and dolphins uh, out there and the sun came up and people don't talk about the so much the good news they rather focus on the bad you just have to take a peek at uh, Apple News or um, ABC News any day of the week, any time of the day and see how much good news they put on the front page of their headlines. And it's it's 100%, there is none. That's uh, just a sign, uh, really, of what, what magnetizes us, what attracts us. What do we look at when we see something? And that's today's topic. There's a great old quote that I love, and it's actually is a quote that changed my life. And I think knowing it and hearing it, it's, it can be very confusing. And so I want to spend a little bit of quiet time today before I go for a swim. And it's early and it's cold, so the longer I can delay going for a swim, the better. So it may be a long podcast. <laughs> uh, so the topic, the quote is, if you're not perfect already, you never will be. So the habit of finding fault in yourself, the habit of finding fault in a business, the fa- habit of finding fault in a career, the habit of finding fault in other people, the habit of finding fault in the world, the habit of finding fault, the habit of finding fault is built on the premise that if I fix it, I will find perfection. If I fix this, it'll be perfect. If I fix me, it'll be perfect. If I do some self-development, I'll become perfect. If my partner changes, she'll be perfect or he'll be perfect. If my kids stop doing that, they'll be perfect. If my car stopped rattling, it'll be perfect. But what do we learn? What do we learn in the course of a lifetime? That when one thing breaks, another thing breaks. That you become really good at finding what's wrong. So what was once an acceptable level of meanness or acceptable level of child or acceptable level of partner becomes unacceptable because, well, we have the habit of finding fault. Instead of the habit of finding perfection. Now, if you ever wanted to describe the difference between the culture of the what they call the East and the West, 
The West is aspiring to greatness. That's the Western model. And the Western model is the more I have, the better it is. So more is built into the DNA of a Western person. More, more is better. And more means more peace, more tranquility, more happiness, more wealth, more better, more good, more kindness, more care, more sadness, more, more. And that leads automatically to the culture of finding fault. I'm not perfect, it can't be perfect, because if it's perfect, I don't need more of it. If I'm perfect, I don't need to change it. And then we invite others to see us as needing more. As, and in fact, we say to somebody, what do you think of me? And we want to be liked by other people. And that we call that love. We say, if you like me, I feel loved. Which means if somebody else sees you as being perfect, that's called love. But as soon as somebody else sees you as perfect, you won't be attracted to them anymore because suddenly they're too close and suddenly uh, they, will, they will look stupid because if somebody says you're perfect and you don't think you are, they must be wrong. So we start introducing them to our faults in order for them to see that we're not perfect. In the East, it's the opposite. It's the East, in the East, the concept of soul or self is perfection, it's a white sheet. And daily, the aspiration is to return to that white sheet, to that clarity of purpose, the, that, that self that doesn't need to change. And it's a constant search through the chaos and the, and the myths and the turmoil of self-judgment, judgment by others and judgment by the world and judgment by your business. It's a constant search through that back into the state of I'm perfect. Now, the American system I love because it encourages kids from a very early age to say, I'm perfect. But their definition of perfect is egocentric. It's perfect because I'm good or perfect because I won the spelling bee or perfect because I uh, uh, I'm a good person, or perfect because I'm Christian, or perfect because I'm loved by God, or perfect because I, I paid back the bills, or perfect because I, I hit the basketball loop, or perfect because I smashed the baseball across the court, or some reason uh, materially to be considered perfect. And this uh, perfection is very different to the perfect that we're describing here from a very Eastern philosophy, which is perfect before, perfect before, not because, perfect before I do. I think this is relevant to this podcast because uh, when you go to work of a morning, this concept of finding fault, this concept of being perfect, this concept of becoming perfect if, throws a huge weight of responsibility onto your boss. It throws a huge weight of responsibility onto your job. It throws a huge weight of responsibility onto your spouse, kids, um, the way you drive. It throws a huge sensitivity and a weight of responsibility onto something that can't handle it. Your job is perfect, 
but you'll find fault. Your self is perfect, but you'll find fault because it's measured against different metrics that say it's not perfect. Uh, your salary, for example, is probably good, but is it perfect? Your health is probably good, but is it perfect? Your partner is probably good, great. You love them, but are they perfect? And this inability to find perfection in everything and find therefore stillness and what's called unconditional love is a habit. This inability to find peace or stillness or tranquility or, or satisfaction or contentment in what you've got. This inability is a habit because if, we're all, if we don't think we're perfect now, we never will be. We'll, we'll always aspire to be. And that aspiration is a habit. And it's a habit of finding fault. What did I do wrong today? What did I miss? What did I fail in? What did I, it's like the news. What went wrong in, 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 in uh, Afghanistan? What went wrong in London? What went wrong, oh, there's a story about someone had an affair. I better read that, something went wrong. The purpose in understanding the world from a different viewpoint is to, to see it as perfect. Not so that you can absent yourself from the uh, Western life of more. If you do, you will die. Because that's evolution. And the aspiration, remember this very carefully, the aspiration of an Eastern individual is to get to see perfection in the world to such a degree they don't get reborn back into it. Now, we have the same story. We have the exact same story in our religious teachings, for example, in Christianity, where Jesus uh, hung around a long time, uh, passed and failed, passed and failed, passed and failed, and then eventually got nailed up and never came back, went back to dad. And that is ultimately uh, enlightenment when we see good on one side of us as was on the cross and good bad on the other side of us love them equally think about the whole planet and everything that's going on and finally not be traumatized by it all and have love in your heart that's enlightenment and enlightenment means you don't come back so the aspiration of eastern teaching and eastern culture is not to come back to become enlightened, to evolve, to evolve to the point where you love everything. Now, very much in the Eastern teachings, they can live in a cave or they can live in a temple or they can live somewhere um, where the, that evolution is defined by what's in their heart in a spiritual sense, but it doesn't necessarily translate into their behavior financially or their behavior relationship wise or their behavior with family with kids with their job uh, it very much doesn't in fact for enlightenment to take place for many people they need to absent themselves from work from the from six of the seven areas of life and become enlightened spiritually 
and that means to cut off their participation in uh, six of the seven areas of life and that's a myth and yes I have seen enlightened people there is a statue in Bhutan which is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my entire life uh, it's a statue that is built a glass enclosure that's built around a man a monk who became enlightened and shrunk so he was sitting there in a state of enlightenment which will cause massive amounts of uh, almost fire level heat it uh, froze him in place his essence left the format in which he was in which is a body and left the body just sitting there and then over a period of years the body uh, re released the molecules and particles but it was so pure that it actually didn't go away and there sitting there is this tiny little bones and all tiny little man little thing surrounded by blankets and that's what's left of the guy who got enlightened. Now, I don't know if, if, if this is true or false. I'm not going to debate the topic. But it, 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 what it reflects in the Bhutanese culture is a high regard for somebody who sat still uh, on a concrete pillar, did nothing except think, meditate, uh, didn't have children, didn't have a job, didn't cook, didn't uh, drive a car, didn't save the world from, <coughs> from pollution, didn't do shit really, just thought about it, <coughs> which is a different form of the same thing, and became enlightened and a, and a holier than now statue. We've, kind of like in the West, we've engaged the seven areas of life, and we say, I want to be great in all seven. I want to be enlightened in all seven, which is pretty tricky when you think about it. Now you've got to deal with probably the most spiritually engaging environment on the planet, which is a job. A job in which you've got to perform a duty, you've got to interact with people you didn't choose, you've got to deal with clients and therefore face face-to-face your judgments of yourself and others. You've got to deal with motivating people who don't want to be motivated and therefore uh, learn the art of compassion and, and, and how to engage people who don't want to be engaged. This is, there is no more spiritual temple, no more greater meditation practice, no far greater uh, opportunity for enlightenment than the workplace. And it's the toughest one. Because you're not choosing who comes to the temple. You're not choosing who... They're not all volunteers to sit there and become enlightened. Most of them think that life is not perfect. They're not perfect. They think that uh, you're not perfect. And so they, they want to think more of it. They're actually addicted to finding fault. Finding fault in themselves, finding fault in you, finding fault, which is the opposite to enlightenment and what it is is just uh, innate natural born uh, fear <coughs> fear 
which triggers greed, of course, or it triggers reactions. So the majority of the world's working population operate out of fear, and hence religion becomes really important because every religious uh, teaching, everyone, is based on fear. And that's not always uh, the wisest or most enlightened place for it to go. So I think that's enough about this today. I think the purpose of coaching is twofold. One, on a Western level, to help you get more of what you want. And two, on an Eastern level, help you learn that you start from a place on a day when you go to work, you start from a place of perfection. You start in a relationship from a place of perfection and you don't load those things with the, with the appetite to make them perfect, but rather to see them as perfect and see the perfection. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.